Welcome to Channel 5. <laughs> I'm Greg. I'll be back with weather in five minutes. What's good, everybody? JP checking in, man. Respect my region. We've got a special guest here today. Greg Welch. Cannabis escapes, man. What a great way to start the episode. Man, another another wonderful episode of the RMR podcast. I appreciate you being here with us today. You're down from Santa Cruz van life on the road you you've been doing deliveries is what you're here for right yeah just dropping off some of i guess arguably the best rosin in the state that trilogy best rosin in the state trilogy i wish we had some it's currently in the fridge uh chilling chilling keeping keeping cold um man it's a pleasure to see you where you've been what you've been up to what's new in the world i was mobbing around norcal primarily Trying to keep the weed hustle going, weed art hustle going. We're going to be doing some weed art today. I wanted you guys to be able to see that we're going to be, each of us, doing our own little piece of art. I've got my inspo today, which is the uh, Respect My Region Commission project that I did for Mitch's Christmas or birthday a year or two ago. Like at least two. Um, and then I was running my mouth one of the last few times that he visited, and I was like, yo, bro, you should put cookies into the word cookies, or like... I'm going to give you more credit than that. It wasn't running your mouth. It was me being disappointed that I was continually getting censored by... You were salty about the censorship. Still salty. And we definitely figured out some creative ways to get past that. Um, but yeah, dude, guys, we're going to do some art today. I've never sat here and done weed art. He's currently grinding up some of our... Uh, rmr cannabis for today's episode um which is powered by two brands we've got rmr legacy smalls and then this is the um loopholes right that's that loopholes we've got the cannabis scapes times 40 tons times grow bags collaborations called loopholes the strain for you is called loopholes and then the cultivator is from strong mountain farms I know you've been a big fan and supporter of them over the last few years. Well, they've been a big supporter of me. They uh, they do great work. I've smoked smoked their weed a couple times with you. It's always been dope. They're good people, good farm. They've been growing up there since like the late 1970s. Like, okay. Using the same beds, which to me, like, you know, I geek out on soil and shit like that. They've been using the same stuff since the 70s. That's crazy. Like amending the beds a little bit each season, but... I mean, really just letting, like, the microorganisms and shit in it. Look. Now, you've got this art over here. Abel, come check this out. Look, so he, what he did first was you ground up the weed and you put it in sections, right? Yeah, there's kind of, like, three phases to each project. And, like, phase one is uh, spacing. Okay. And trying to just, like, you know, like, when you would write a card, your parents would give you a card and you'd, like, write it as a kid. And then at the end, like, you'd have to write your name really fucking small because you'd run out of room. I don't like to do that with weed, so I try to space things out now before I start getting too much into the details, which is going to be like phase two, and then phase three is going to be like the final cleanup. So for you on this first art project you're working on, if you're looking at the icon and the RMR, the idea would just be to try to space it out ahead of time in mm -hmm. little piles and then work those piles individually into the letter shape that you're after. Okay, okay. That makes sense. I'm going to start off with my logo, our cool little mountain flag looking logo thing, okay? We're going to rock with that one first. See what I can do. And what what's what are you going to what are you going to do? I think it's going to be a surprise. Oh shoot. 
Um, I have a message, and I want to make sure that I, I leave the good people of the internet with something that they can take with it. With something that, that, that resonates and hits home. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like it, I like it. So, Greg, you are widely respected, probably behind the scenes hated on by the haters. Fuck the haters. I hope so. Otherwise, I, I'd feel like they wouldn't respect me if they didn't. Who cares? Haters all hate. They should. They hate us because they ain't aware. us. Right? They hate us because they ain't us. They should be aware. And if they're not, then... They don't like you because you're very outspoken, you're very educated, and you're very passionate about the things that you are educated in and that you care about. And I wanted to start off today's convo by helping the people understand you and what your what your goal is here in cannabis. Is what, what are your goals? What kind of impact are you really trying to have here? Chaos. Chaos. I want... I mean, the, the real answer is cannabis has had an incredible impact on my life, just not like from a health perspective, from an outlook, just attitude. A lot of cha- things have been good for me because of weed. And I want other people to experience that. Mm-hmm. Plain and simply, like I'm able to travel around, hang out with inspiring people and make art. It's awesome. <laughs> and I'm only able to do that because of the cannabis community. And yeah. when I see entities trying to restrict the culture of cannabis from even being able to really grow, that really bothers me because that's a whole lot of people like me that could have been helped that are now being forced into different situations based on regulations or lobbying or corporate interests. Okay. So my goal now is to make sure that the culture of cannabis is represented and isn't appropriated because that's what we're dealing with right now is like these big companies coming in and they're trying to be culturally relevant. Um, and if they're successful, a whole lot of people whose stories are really important are going to get lost. Okay. Because their stories are not congruent with the corporate ones that they need to tell. No, 100%. There's definitely an imbalance from the bigger funded corporations to the small businesses. There's, it's not a, obviously it's not a fair uh, playing field. And then when they are start lobbying and doing all of those things, it becomes again significantly hard harder to just participate and, and to really have a chance. Um, with you with you living right now up in the Santa Cruz area and spending a lot of time in, in Humboldt and the Triangle, you know, walk us through you know, because you're not from that area, walk us through the struggles that you see these farmers going through, walk us through the complaints. Um, and the, the trials and tribulations that you've, that your friends actively fight and have to go through up there in the hill. I mean, the, the biggest bummer is that we're looking at the group of people who put their neck through the noose on the chopping block and are hoping that the regulators don't pull the guillotine and they are, Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is the first wave of legalization. These are people that could have continued to do their thing, but they said, I want to do things the right way. This is what we voted for. So I'm going to do things the right way. Yeah. And for these small family businesses like these are you know owner operators family businesses multi-generational this isn't somebody who's got huge backing or anything Mm -hmm. um the the struggle that they're dealing with is they can't bank they can't get access to regular services so like not only are you not able to use your standard services but anything that you are able to use you're going to get extra taxed on because they know that you work in weed 
you know, whether that's your electrician, your HVAC guy, or just your banking services, like you're going to get taxed on that. And it makes it nearly impossible to make money in the regulated industry because there's no other industry in the world that's taxed at the rate of cannabis. Mm. That, you know, we hear a lot about the, the, the taxation of cannabis and you are now a cannabis business. Um, we have to do invoicing and and there's 280e and all these different things like what is it like um being a cannabis business and dealing with being treated or priced a certain way uh compared to normal companies it's just annoying but honestly like what it is is it's the first time that a lot of people have ever felt oppression because like there's literally no recourse for us in wheat like we can't complain we can't threaten there's no amount of money that can be spent to fix the problems in a way that'll actually fix them. Um, and there's there's nothing we can do. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just the way the legislation's set up, right? Well, the legislation and then the lobbyists and then changing it. I mean, California is an example. We were supposed to have a five-year cap on mega grows. And a couple people put themselves and their ego in front of the plan and had that shit changed as soon as... Uh, <laughs> soon as it got passed and now we have license stacking and that's how we opened it up for these big mega corporations like Glasshouse to get 5.5 million square feet of mids mm -hmm. now, so even when the people do vote something in the lobbyists and the regulators and the shitty politicians work behind the scenes to not enact the will of the people yeah, it seems it seems that there's an imbalance again between these bigger companies and what is seemingly right or best for the the culture the communities right um you know as a small business as as a person who also spends money in the space what what can people be doing to help make sure that the cannabis industry goes you know a direction that's better for customers is better for consumers vote for your with your dollar vote with shop with shop, shop consciously shop consciously go, go to dispensaries that actually like are there to take care of you and answer questions and help you get the right product instead of the people that are just trying to follow you around with a cart and an ipad and usher you out really quickly you know, and unless that, that's your thing by all means go ahead but it really comes down to voting with our dollar and asking a bud tender like do you have anything local do you have anything do you, do you have anything new from a small farmer that you didn't have the last time i was in here mm-hmm that's how I shop. And that's how I think a lot of can of curious people are going to shop because there's so much cool weed to experience. Like we don't need all of a sudden to come into a world where Jack Daniels is on every shelf. Like give it a hundred years for people to decide that the Jack Daniels is something worth putting on every shelf. No, for sure. That makes more sense. Like right now they're just jumping the line. They're not earning any of the credibility they're paying for it. And it's silly. What do you feel makes cannabis brands more or less successful? Is it authenticity? Is so authenticity? Is it that's it? That that that's the only thing you think that do you believe in your shit? Do you really believe in it, or are you just trying to tell yourself you believe because you want the money or the clout associated with it? Hmm. That's it. It's really that simple. If you're authentic in weed and you're like, you know, truthful in what you're talking about, you're gonna be all right. But these corporate guys, they're not authentic because they don't even smoke the weed that they grow. Most of them don't even smoke weed anyway. They walk around with a pen at a conference so that they don't feel out of place. But really, they can't wait to get to the bathroom and do some blow. <laughs> yeah. A lot of y'all motherfuckers. Lines in the bathroom. It's weird. Do you, 
I put I put Greg on the episode knowing that he was going to be coming for next. So don't be surprised. You know. Yeah, and if you're doing blow in the bathroom at a conference, like at a weed conference, and you have a problem with me calling you out on it, say something to me in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come to me all coked out in person and talk about it. So <clears throat> we we have events coming up. What 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 events do you have coming up? We're gonna be at MJ BizCon. We're gonna be at a couple of the other uh, MJ Unpacks coming up. Where where can people find you and your art coming up over the next few months and weeks? Uh, I'll be at Canafest up in Eureka, Arcata area in a couple of weeks. Okay. I think I'm gonna try to hit same same but different. Okay. Which is a music festival out in Lake Paris, down around this neck of the woods, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that I'm going to hear what the Emerald Cup Harvest Ball contingent is up to this fall, because I convinced my mom and dad to book a flight out for my birthday. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> hoping. Where you were telling me that's super exciting. Shout out to moms and them for sliding through. Yeah, hoping that they'll be able to come and see like what I consider to be the biggest and best culture-focused weed event of the year. Are they into cannabis the way that you are? Do they care? <laughs> no. I mean, they, 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 they're learning. They've learned a lot about good bills and bad bills. And like, they tell their church friends and shit like, oh no, this is actually not good. This is going to, you know, hurt the community more than it helps. So like they're, they're coming around. They don't consume. I got my mom to take a a little bit of mushrooms and a little puff of weed when they came and visited the other last summer, but different strokes for different folks. Right. My parents are just some very simple midwestern people like they're 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 happy they're happy to be in california with the nature and shit they're just just happy to be there they're no i love that though there's there's a balance there's a balance to all that though you know like you know we we you were just saying earlier about you know being at more events besides just cannabis ones right Mm-hmm. Yeah, crossover. We get, we find ourselves getting sucked into just doing weed things, and people got to remember to keep keep themselves, you know, who they are as music people. Um, it's really, it's you know, it's really important to stay stay normal. Don't let the weed change every single thing that you are that you are about. Dude, people make weed their entire personality. Like it's really, really interesting to me where it'll just dominate every facet of their life to where they don't do anything else outside of weed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you. Like, I definitely go through phases like that. My logo right now is ugly. Abel, can, no, we, can we get it behind the scenes here on um, some of this? Look at, Coming around nicely. Look, look, at, look at this. We got, a little, we got a little bit of logo action going on here. Here's a tip, though, is if you feel like an area is taking too long or it's getting frustrating or you can't get the detail right, move on to something else and come back. Yeah, oh, okay. You know, bust, start working on the R or something like that. Or just a different part of the logo. I bounce around all the time when I'm doing this shit. There are no rules. Just get it done. Yeah, or look at, look at this. Here we go. go. Bang, bang. It's kind of tough, like, getting the curvature on things. This is tough. Yeah, you know, this is tough. You should see growing weed commercially and not just using a whole bunch of oh, we're you know, cold. salts and pesticides in order to have a product at the end of the season. Are you throwing shade right now at indoor growers? Nope, I'm throwing shade at shitty growers. Throwing shade right now. I'm throwing shade at anybody who uses salts and over pestis- oversprays with pesticides. Like, y'all know you ain't smoking it. If you were smoking it, you wouldn't spray it with that shit. So that's who I'm talking to. 
Okay, okay, okay. He's coming in. Okay. I need to get this. See, I did that thing I said where I'm going to run out of room, so now I have to start sliding all these letters over, which sucks. Ooh. But it sucks a lot less when they're not finely detailed. It'll be a quick... Okay, so how long have you been doing weed art? So it's 2013 or 2023 right now. I think I start. I did my first picture in December of 2000 and I think it was 15. And then like 2016 was a full year of weed art where I posted a picture every day. I did a picture every day for almost two years. Really? At least. That's tight. Didn't go viral. No, doesn't not everything's all about going viral, you know? No, but when we talk about like consistency and stuff, it was one of those things that like, yeah, I guess chalk it up to entrepreneurial. There you go. Look at this looking better. Right? Exactly. Getting right up in there. Okay, so now you're saying I got to chunk it up into like the letters, right? Yeah, you want to just probably have the M right here and then have a pile here for the R, pile over to the other side. Well, it's a, if anything, the, the pictures out of pot has taught me that like I never know the answer. I have predictions and I'm usually wrong on shit. So like, you know, I would thought making a picture every day for a year would have been a great way to build a big following. It wasn't. The way that I built the following was by collaborating with brands who had products that I could incorporate into the pictures. And then we would both have something cool to post on social media. That's how I grew the brand. Not just by... Well, that makes sense. Spamming all of my art out there. And it was like, that. it makes sense in hindsight. But to me at the time, I was like, oh, if I post a picture every day, like... That that's the type of thing that people will pick up on it. We'll get a lot of I mean, they did we did pick up on it, you know? When though? At the end of 2017. Yeah, it always usually takes something that's relatable to a hell of people for it to, you know, translate to But it wasn't the original pictures. Those still haven't even really been seen by most people since the account is gone. Like what I got when I got on your radar was after I started making faces, I think. Mm. And that wasn't even the plan from the beginning either. That was just like, I wonder if I could do it. And then I made like a really terrible picture of Snoop. But people liked it, so I made more <laughs> terrible pictures of other rappers that I liked. And the landscapes was started. Yep. And then after that, I was like, okay, cool. I don't know shit about shit. I'm just going to make things and see how people respond to them. I'm no longer going to predict their plan. I'm, or I'm going to try not to predict their plan. And most of like, my call most successful pictures have been the ones that I didn't really think were going to be hits. Bro, look at this. I'm over here coming for your job, bro. You are. You're killing it. I'm coming for his job, everybody, man. We on another episode of the RMR Podcast. This is the first of the first. Hey, Greg has helped me push the limits and the boundaries on our brand every time creatively. He talks that shit. We don't always agree. I don't even always share my opinion, whether it's agreeing or disagreeing. I just like hear, hearing <laughs> you sometimes, and I'll take that. I've been, we've already had a number of great debates and it's not even about winning a debate or even doing it. It's just often it's just in spirit and out of passion and knowledge for this, for this plant, for what we do with it, for brands, how they, there is an art to doing business, you guys. And well, what did, what was the Bird Bros post recently? No, no SOP for culture, right? And that's something that, you know, everybody should just be hyper aware of. Well, and I understand that my attitude is not going to appeal to everybody. And I'm completely okay with that because the people that I offend are never people who I'd want to hang out with anyway, for the most part. Like, 
you're offended because I want to stick up for small farmers, good. I hope we never meet in person because it'll be a waste of my time. It'll be a better day for you, but it'll be a waste of my time. So like there's certain things I just don't care. I don't care about the popularity aspect of it. Like I care about authenticity and being able to sleep at night and I fucking sleep really well. There we go. Better than most people. I hear I hear over eighty percent of cannabis use comes from sleep problems. And so that's what I've heard. Okay, here we go. Look, we're moving. Look at look. You're doing great. And that's also my point, my goal of the, the weed art thing is to show other people that, like, it's not difficult. It just takes time and some patience. And it's something that a lot of people could do and maybe enjoy. Yeah, this, talking to you and doing this is a little tough. But, like, at the same time, it's only tough because the fl- the flower is kind of tough to work with you uh-huh know? it bounces sometimes it yeah. takes you think you're good and then it moves on you if i need a little bad these little ta- walk what are these tools that we're using <laughs> so this is a metal collar stay um to keep your shirt collar crisp for all those corporate people oh nice shout out to chads i used to i used come to on man look bit. at this sure today come on man we out here right now i'm I could say that I'm done and I would be happy with it. You are. It looks like a first grader did it. Which is fine. I mean, we all wrote like that in the beginning. And I'm finally to a point now where I'm seeing pictures that like are logos that I've revisited for like a second time. And seeing them a second time and being able to compare like how far I've come is pretty cool. Yeah, this is pretty dope. Okay, so today we're using sour cookies. Respect my region's legacy smalls flour. Big shout out to you. I appreciate you. We also got the episode powered by Greg's brand, 40 tons times uh, motherfucking cannabis scapes. This is the loophole strain. They're strong mountain farms. Um, you guys got to check it out, man. We got some cool stuff going on. Support the small farms. Some Support small businesses like ours. Support art like Greg's. Greg's working on a secret project over here. It looks eerily similar to something I've seen before that rhymes with Buck or Brit Anibus. And uh, we'll see what it ends up being. But for now, I've got my official image basically done. I could try to clean it up. But for right now, bro, I'm really more interested in hearing about kind of like where you're at with like cannabis flower what what are you smoking the last like what are you smoking recently that's really fire what strains have been popping for you i don't know i'm not much of a strain person as i am like a cultivator and a style person okay so who 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 you been smoking weed from recently i mean obviously it's the strong mountain farms ridgeline farms have been dropping some heat santa cruz veterans alliance now known as cultivate like their kosher kush and their super sour diesel are two of my favorite strains all the time um, I think people need to be on the lookout for farms from Kovalo. Okay. You know, it's a, it's a small region in, uh, in Mendocino, but they have a blackberry festival every year. So like it's regionally unique in terms of the terps. And there's mm-hmm. been some like really, really sweet, savory, fruity flavors that have come out of like Sunroots Farm and Wildland Farm that I have not tasted anywhere else. Oh, okay. I love, I love when there's terps that are, you know, all over the place yet i think that's part of what makes the hype get so big with some of these trap brands so these legacy brands that exist in the gray market in the illegal markets but then at the same time it's like they don't typically grow the same kind of stuff that you'll get you know experimented on up in the triangle right for your brand where can people get a hold of 
loopholes and also to just your thank you for token products? Uh, there's only two shops in Oakland, yeah. CBCB and Blunts and Moore. That's Cannabis Buyers Club of Berkeley over off of Shattuck and Blunts and Moore by the stadium. Turns out buyers are notoriously difficult to deal with and they want a whole bunch of free stuff and it makes it nearly impossible for small businesses to go in there and communicate with customers. However, the, the shops that give me a chance when I go and do my vendor days, I see it working because when people are coming in and they're asking for the product that I'm representing without being in, like spurred to do so mm-hmm. and without being given a fat discount or a BOGO or anything, like, cool, it's working. They're buying the product. They're return customers. They're telling their friends about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it flies in the face of what corporate is trying to tell us we have to do in order to be yeah. successful. I've, I've been forced to have to bend and, and adapt to these damn BOGOs and promos and creating new products to help push it and keep velocity or, you know, risk the, the not the threat, but, you know, the reality that they're not going to reorder this month mm-hmm. or that they're not going to reorder in the future. And so it's definitely troublesome. We actually created some pretty affordable pre-rolls for that exact reason, knowing that if my more expensive products are moving a little slower, we can use the pre-rolls to help push push them. That's smart. And that has been helpful to just been used as a band-aid for the last like month or so. Uh, super interesting how California just really, really thrives on promos and bogos because that's what's been happening here for so long. Well, and when I see it and the shops that I'm in don't, really offer a a huge amount of incentives like that because they understand that you're training your customer to only come there for the cheap deals when you're not making your margin on and it's not a sustainable business yeah and these not to say that it's not hyper competitive because i know oakland is extremely competitive and as is san francisco and all these different major city markets they're all unique in their own ways but the uh just the pure quantity of stores down here in los angeles and i think their culture of just so much weed being available here in California for so long, it definitely created this just give shit away and this sharing culture, this sharing mentality. I don't have a huge problem with it, but it does make it tough to be the business. As a customer, I like it. Where it gets <laughs> me though is like you're asking me to do like a big promo deal, and what that's not allowing me to do now is an SB34 donation. That that year, that's what they're asking brands to do. It's like, oh, we want you to give us a bunch of free stuff that we can make money on. But if you're really in it for the love, you're also going to donate a bunch of free stuff too. Yeah. So I don't do the BOGO. I don't do the discount. I don't do none of that shit. I do SB34 donations. And that's where I, like, I'll, I'd, rather put mo- I'd rather put product there and chalk it up as a marketing expense, even though it's really just doing the right thing, than have a whole bunch of discounted products that, are bud tenders even really going to take the time to explain like who I am or the farms that I work with? Yeah, it's tough because you got to build a relationship with the, with enough people at these locations, right, to get them to give a shit. Right, and that's why I'm completely cool with the the low and slow approach. These are brands, you know, Blunts and Moore and CBC. These are shops that I've known for years, and I'm trying to bring value to them. I'm not just trying to sell product and collect money by dropping it off at the shops. Like I'm trying to bring customers to the dispensaries. Yeah. And I think that brands that focus on that are going to find more shelf space or at least like a more welcome buyer. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. For sure. 
I, I, I agree. It's, it's got to be a, a, a true balance of supporting them and just cultivating the relationships. All right, Abel, grab that, bring that over here, show them, show them my final result. I'm, I'm calling it good. Keep fucking it up. Well, that's the, that's the thing. You can always keep tweaking it. It can always get worse. better or worse. And sometimes, like, the weed just falls into place perfectly. But sometimes it sucks. You just got to keep on working it. Okay, here we go. Come on, man. Armar, baby. Respect my region. Cannabis escapes. Thank you for talking. Come on, man. Armar podcast. He's he's just about getting it rocking. He's on the it's very he's on the, the corporate part of the fuck corporate cannabis classic phrase. Now, Greg, hit the people real quick with an update. What's going on in the world of cannabis legislation? Where 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 are some changes being made? Where are we getting fucked? We're getting fucked by the MSOs who have the money to lobby. You know, the big one is the Safe Banking Act, which was had bipartisan support. That was going to allow cannabis companies to get access to actual banking. And it was also going to have like a very serious criminal justice reform aspect to it to get a whole lot of people out of jail. Mm -hmm. But the lobbying group for these MSOs and for the U.S. Cannabis Council and for all these corporate shit fucks got together and they tried to force the regulators to include um, uplisting as one of the requirements for this bill or one of the, the benefits of this bill. Mm -hmm. And the senators are, and the congressmen are like, well, wait a second. You said it's about you want to get people out of jail and you want to provide services to your community. Well, what the fuck do you need to uplist the NASDAQ to do that for? So they tanked it. Like, we had it. SAFE was going to pass. We are going to get access to banking. We are going to get people out of jail. Instead, the MSOs decided they needed another way to rob people of money because that's really what they're doing. Like, they're not profitable businesses. They're operating in a limited license area mm -hmm. with minimal competition and zero culture base to fight back. You know, like Massachusetts doesn't have an ingrained uh, cannabis community like California. But if you look at somewhere like Vermont, which does, and Maine, which does, their regulations are unfolding a lot better. And corporations are having a lot harder time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of the macro trend is like corporations go into these new states with uh, immature consumers and easy to manipulate regulators. But as soon as competition heats up, they run because they cannot compete. That's why TrueLeave and Cresco and Columbia Care and CureLeaf, that's why none of them operate in California. Because when they actually have to go up and book my product against your product and say this one's better or this one's better, nobody picks the corporate shit. People only pick corporate shit when that's the only choice they have. That's what's happening in Illinois with GTI. That's what's happening all over the place. That's what happens. So you think Florida that is those markets with where the limited licenses are and the MSOs are pretty saturated? You believe that the only reason why those those big MSOs are deemed quote unquote some version of successful is because they don't have the legacy competition? Absolutely. That, that are also participating in the wreck. It's, it's absolutely because the awards are being given by other people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You have a whole bunch of people who are not involved in the game, who have never risked anything, self-congratulating each other for accomplishing nothing. Mm. Meanwhile, you got savages up on the hill that are running 10,000 square feet with a, you know three people, running all their metric, doing all their packaging, doing all their own sales, and they're surviving. Yeah. Like you, this is America. We want fucking competition here. We want a free market. That's what yeah. we're here for. If we wanted people to come in 
with big pockets and corporate interests and just control shit from the jump, we never would have fucking left the UK. <laughs> like, that's honestly like the most dumb royal monarchy British bullshit I've ever fucking heard of. And I'm not going to yeah, stand by and let that happen to the cannabis culture. Yeah, yeah. So out of all the different, like, you know, sun-grown farms and the people up on the hill that you know, is the, like, there's obviously, you know, the award winners, right? Um, what are brands and, and, and cultivators up there like rattle off like five, 10, who are, who are five or 10 people and brands that people should really be knowing? Like they go to a shop up in the Bay area. Like what should people be looking for? You should be Mountain Farms. Yours. Strong Mountain Farms. Definitely. I'd be looking for Moon Made. Okay. The cherry moon that Tina grows. Absolutely fire. Yeah. If you can get your hands on Huckleberry Horn, uh, Huckleberry Hills, White Thorn Rose, get it. If you can get your hands on Ridgeline Lands, get it. Yeah. Like, there's a handful of strains. Like, if you can get your hands on it, because there's only going to be 50 pounds of it in a given year, you know, Canna Country Farms, throw them in there, because they've been working the same, like, they did, I don't know exactly what happened, but they ended up doing, like, a huge pollination run and had a whole bunch of seeds, and then they've just been popping those phenos ever since and exploring that shit that's fun so they name it after like it's like okay this is number 26 this is the 26th one that we did so like it's all super super unique and in a market where like 65 percent according to sc labs is gelato or gelato based yeah like get me some weird shit (laughs) i feel that what about uh what about wildland wildland's fucking fire man i got to get back up and see joey um but again, Covalo, like it's it's a region thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's certain pockets where either, you know, genetics or skills or just something in the soil has been passed down over generations that maybe, maybe they'll be able to replicate it in a cocoa core with yeah. some LEDs. I don't think so. Cause like the weed always looks different between, between the indoor growers and the outdoors the, the girls in la look different than the girls in norcal i i agree the people <laughs> the people look different everywhere to and each their own if you want some duck lip aesthetic bbm uh, that's not if you want that bbm weed you go and you get that indo okay <laughs> that's hilarious get it and by all means <laughs> bless bless your heart with your duck lip bbm or bbl weed bbl weed your bbl weed uh, bless your heart with that and bless everybody who does duck lips and BBLs. It's not about that. I like my shit under the sun and natural. And, you know, it's just my favorite. It's not one's better, one's worse. Oh, it's my favorite. For sure, for sure. I've gotten you to smoke some of our good weed, and you've enjoyed it, and you have blessed me with tons of really terpy weed as well. They all they all look different in their own beautiful, unique ways. And for... Oh, that look, that's looking good. See, you get your you get your stuff to look way sharper, man. My lines are all weak. I gotta get this. I'm What's like, the tech? This the technique with the tool is also like I've been doing this for a long ass time. Oh, I mean, I know my little shortcuts and okay. how to form different things. How to form your letters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. I just started forming things. You work with the distro that holds you and helps you with your products, right? Helping them with deliveries and other distribution elements and orders and stuff like that. Um, and then you sell your own brand. Walk us through what it's working, what what it's like working in the industry, bro. Like, what is it like being an employee at a distribution? Help help somebody understand that. I like it. 
Because to me, it's all research. Whether I'm doing a vendor day and I'm taking notice of how many people come in over the four hours that I'm there or what questions they're asking, or if I'm at the distro and I'm hanging out with the work, the staff there, which is primarily like 25 to 35 year olds. Mm -hmm. And they're the demographic that I understand the least, Mm -hmm. but they're also an incredibly powerful demographic for cannabis. So like, it's fantastic to talk to them as consumers. What are you buying? How come you're buying it? Does this affect you? Kind of things like that. Um, but also like not being from California, not coming up like in the trap, I'm getting a degree in cannabis business, Yeah, like from seed to sale. Cause I started in the track and trace shit. And ever since then, I've just tried to get closer and closer to the plant to where this season, I finally have some in the ground that are mine. Oh yeah. We haven't, we're not growing any, any plants outside this year. I, I didn't grow any out there last year. So I'm thinking that next year I'm going to try to bring it back, get some, get some plants. What are you currently growing? Uh, it's, it's, um, the Margie's magic from white Thor or from Huckleberry Hill. Nice. Like two years ago, I went out there for a logo project and he had this product. Um, and it was like seed pucks. It was 14 non-feminized seeds in little dehydrated soil pucks. Mm -hmm. And you just rehydrate those and then plant them. And I drove around with them for two years. This year at our spot over in Santa Cruz, we've got some beds in the back. So I was like, okay, shit, I can actually like grow some weed this year. Um, popped them and like all of them popped. That's funny. All 14 popped. Uh, nine ended up being, nine I can confirm female. I gave two away and they didn't make it. <laughs> I had to kill three males. All of the females look great. And then like there's three that are really like, showing completely different expressions, which is like, that's why I like seeds. Yeah. Like clones is cool at consistency. And for like medical applications, that's probably the direction he needs to go. But for like recreation, for like fun, yeah, sun grown from seed, because I want nine months of the sun, the moon and all the weirdness going into that. And then it'll never be the exact same again. Okay. The Huckleberry group grows great weed. Yeah. undoubtedly and and that's going back to you know, johnny's mom you know like 70s 60s up in humboldt hiding from helicopters like. yeah so to think that somebody with like an mba who's been catered to their entire life and who bought their friends is going to come in and compete with this like it's just laughable right <laughs> at least to me you know may maybe i'm wrong i could be wrong maybe ben from gti is like an ace businessman and he's not only where he's at because of mumsy and dadsy but i don't think that's the case i think ben is soft i think that boris is soft i think kim is corrupt i'm not worried about any of them from a competition standpoint like they cannot compete with farmers owner operators because at the end of the day these farmers and these owner operators will never quit selling weed. Yeah. They're, All these MSOs are going to They're going to keep pushing. They're going to keep pushing. The the big MSOs are going to keep doing what they do to pin people um, and to keep, you know, manufacturing the markets for them. Uh, but the little guys, the small businesses, us, we're going to keep we're going to keep pushing forward too. It's a relationship game. It's a long it's a long play. The uh, the buyers, the managers, the tenders, you know, they want to meet real people. They want to know real people. They want to choose who they who they're going to support. Yeah, um, they don't want. You can lose as a music artist. You can lose fans. You can say some dumb shit. You can do some dumb shit and lose and lose your fan base. Um, nothing's guaranteed for sure anymore. I'm gonna go ahead and light up this straw nana runs real quick. Right. I was gonna open up another bag of that OG. 
And then I realized I got a bunch of broken down flour here already. I hate wasting flour. The sour cookies is pretty decent. Smooth smoke. It's a sativa hybrid. It's a little earthy for me. But I was just at a shop the other day in South Central that there, the homie Mac, one of the butt tenders there, forget where he's from. I don't think he's from South Central, but um, he's real cool. He was just so hyped on the fact that this, you know, is a, a Gorilla Cookie, or I'm sorry, a Gorilla Glue Mac Cross. He really likes this strain. And I just was like, this one out of all the ones that we got, this is not the one for me, but hella other people have really enjoyed it. And I, and I love that about weed is like, it's so subjective. And that's why I'm trying to do a better job of referring to things as my favorite mm -hmm. as opposed to your best. The best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't just my personal preference and everybody's got their own personal preferences. And I want us to all be able to explore them in weed without being forced to buy from like a handful of shitty brands. And we get it in California. There's other states that have it too. There are some brands that are widely considered the best, but in general, that is a super subjective thing unless they are winning a, a brand name award, right? <laughs> brand name awards do include High Times and Emerald Cup. Brand name awards do include, I think it, the MJs this year at MJ BizCon, just because MJ BizCon finally partnered with a group to make something official. I think from that scale, although it's just the first one, I think that's kind of like it. I don't say that just because we're nominated. Mitch and I didn't expect to see any of that. We don't we don't fuck around with any of that kind of shit. You know the deal. Mm -hmm. We're too busy making content. Like, but I do believe that MJ BizCon, because they are the biggest one, right? Like, if Hall of Flowers came out with a cup, which they would never do, right? That would be official. I think... High Times is still official because they do it technically in all these different markets and they're the, they're the consistent brand name cup hoster. If Emerald Cup went and launched in other states, it would be weird, it but be weird. people would do it. They would participate because it's the Emerald Cup, right? And like that to me means that, you know, they're, they're of the elite for sure, for sure. Um, I want to see People's Cup because I... I think that a lot of the competitions and um, Joe Snow from Snow Till Organics just wrote a pretty uh, impressive piece in High Times about just the way that we're judging cups and the and the way that is being evaluated could be reevaluated. Um, you know, I don't think that in the instances of like the judges for these events, I don't think they're representative of the common smoker. Yeah, and because of that, when somebody does win a cup or win an award, it doesn't always necessarily translate into retail sales. I wish it did. Yeah, we were just talking about that the other day. Um, the, the stuff that translates to retail sales is THC, price, and most importantly, price, right? It's always gonna be, you can look at any of the data and it's gonna be the, the number one unit movers are always the more affordable, the highest THC. They're at pretty consistent price points, five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, and then like anything after 35 bucks drops off pretty significantly from a velocity standpoint, right? I've, I mentioned that all the time. Mm -hmm. This is why our products are 25 and 50 out the door. So that way we can be right there in that lower echelon of the quality, right? And then are they more affordable echelon of the quality? Um, good. We're trying to be the best product at that price. 
um, for that quantity. And then we, you know, $25 eighth, you know, that's a unit mover. People come in, they want options at that. Right. And so, um, we're, we're excited to be in there. Uh, what do you have going on? What do you got coming up, bro? You got some events going now. What are, what, are, let the people know where, what, what you got going on? Where can they buy some of your art? What's, what's good? Uh, you can DM me on Instagram if you're interested in art events. Honestly, dude, like I just be popping up places now. Like I'm in a weird spot where I don't really like the internet and I really like people in real life. Yeah. And so I'll just pop up and do shit. And it's you're it, at you're at uh CBCB uh right? Oh, CBCB and Blunts and More. I'm regularly over there for vendor days and just to hang out because I actually enjoy the staff. Yeah. Pull up like, on them in Oakland, y'all, and hit and hit them up in Berkeley, Brett. Like tap in, check in check in on them out there. Make sure you pull up, go check out those dispensaries, check out the brands, buy the weed. It's a great deal. You got a four gram product and a five gram product, right? Yep. Twenty-five and thirty. 25 and 30 bucks, four grams, five grams. This is a great deal. Got a collaboration with 40 tons. Definitely part of the proceeds goes back to 40 tons and helping people get out of jail for prison, supporting the prisoners in, uh, that are still locked up and their families. Um, 40 tons does great work. Big shout out to their team. Big shout out to you for putting this together. Abel, can we, can we get a, can we get an updated behind the scenes view? We got a beautiful corporate cannabis image over here i got a message for ben and for kim and for boris we got we got greatness coming in hot right now come check this out you guys all right y'all greg welch jay ping respect my region cannabis escapes thank you for talking we got a message for y'all it's a little sloppy but you get the point Buck, corporate cannabis now and forever now. Until they no longer exist. But the big reason why, man, is because y'all just keep making dumbass decisions that go against what's right for the community, man. We really need y'all to be to be voting for home grow, to be helping to lower taxes, and stop trying to monopolize you guys' ability to get just more and more dispensaries open. You guys, we got to let the small businesses everywhere have an opportunity to get involved with this. There's got to be a better balance of black and brown and other minorities being included in the, le the legislation, in the legalization, in the licensure process, uh, all of it. We need a better balance of that. And so this message goes out to all the true, true evil corporations out there in cannabis. We don't fuck with y'all. Big fuck you to you guys. As Elliot and Catalyst would say, weed for the people. Now, we're not in agreement on all every issue. We don't support the same brands and the same things all the time. But we can still stand by this. If you are working against the cannabis community and it's all profits for you and it's you're a big MSO that is truly corporate and you're probably named truly even a couple other big evil ass groups like that, then it is a big fuck, fuck you to corporate cannabis. For sure. And I want to be clear, like, it's not a fuck you because I'm worried. It's a fuck you on principle. Like, it's not fuck you because I'm worried about your money or I'm afraid of your competition or I think that your bitch with yeah, an no, NBA you don't, is going to You don't think they've got good products. No, I don't think they got good employees. I think the people who take jobs at MSOs are suckers too. Because if you were hard, like if you really were hard and you wanted to see how good you were, you would have came west. But if you waited out in the east for something to come to you and now you got to take a job in an MSO. I can't agree with that because not everyone's coming out west. Like, but no, you, I'm just saying that attitude, you're not going to outcompete me. 
if you weren't willing to make the trip out west, I don't care what degree you got from what Wharton school or wherever and how much budget you've got to run the fucking GTI social media and marketing campaign, I will whoop your ass. That's just the fact. You don't know how to operate like we operate. Then they never take the time to. But people grow weed there and they distribute and sell it too. There's not so much difference. But the dude who takes a job working for GTI (laughs) to run their marketing ain't him. Or the woman who works for GTI, she's not going home and tending to her six plane. You don't gotta you don't gotta be on the West Coast to have been in New York and these other these other Midwest states or the South to be trapping. No, but if you didn't, if you, if if your first foray into the game was the easy route with an MSO, and you weren't willing to like trap your way into a position or go somewhere or make something happen, you're soft, and I'm not scared of you. I don't even view you as competition. Like I know what the competition is, and it's all up in the hill. This shit, this GTI, this cure leaf, it's like zoo animals, dude. They think they're tough. They walk around like you might be a tiger in the zoo. But you get a tiger in the wild, you're going to get the shit ripped out of you. Just a bunch of fucking zoo animals walking around. You guys, you guys, you guys. A bunch of zoo animals, a bunch of craziness in the cannabis industry. We got Greg Welch going going off on MSOs and corporate cannabis. Make sure you guys tap in for more episodes. Tap in for more art. Tap in for more wonderful fire cannabis. It's been seen in. Make sure you guys like, follow, subscribe, man. This is another episode of the RMR podcast. Big shout out to you, bro. I appreciate you sliding through. Yeah, this was you. As always, thank you. Um, we'll see you guys on another episode uh, soon. Love you guys. All right, we'll be out. Let's twist this up.